0: With election integrity being in the news once more, the real question comes is not why should we or should we not allow folks to vote, but what's the real purpose behind the push? Let's talk about that today as we watch your culture stray further every day. Howdy. My name is John Arthur Fiala, and uh, I am your host today on the Further Everyday set. And to my left, all the way around the room— I've got in the Chair of Theology, Miss Nikki, how are you?
1: I am good. How are you today?
0: Doing well. Glad to have you on. Sitting in the Chair of Theology, the reason why we believe what we believe. And to her left, we've got uh, Mr.
2: Steve. Hey, man. How are you doing, dude? Good to see you. Doing well. Good to see you as well. How's it going? Man, I am doing fantastic today. Having you in the Chair of Culture. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Going to Run up and down this road, man, and heat the street.
0: <laughs> there you go. Dealing with the counterculture the Christian must bring into his left all the way around the room. We got Josh. How's
3: it going? Good, sir.
0: Doing fine. How about you, sir?
3: Doing exceptional on this Tuesday night.
0: <laughs> That's all I got to say. Thank you for coming on. Glad to have you here. <laughs> and uh, sitting in the chair of economics, there is a reason for wh- why we believe what we believe, and there is a for lack of a better word, a good moral standing for doing what's right. So, sorry for the camera pan. As you can see, if you are watching this on YouTube, by the way, over 100,000 downloads of the oh, podcast. Wow. We oh, just right. crossed at that threshold, over 1,000 downloads. Fantastic. Wow! So, thank you all. But if you're watching you. on YouTube, you can see that I'm producing today. Ms. Producer is ill, and so... God bless her, praying for her to get well soon, but uh, I'm here in studio, so if the camera work is what you just saw, understand we are producing uh, live in studio, and I am indeed the one doing it. So, let's get into the brass tacks, though. Election integrity has become a bigger topic over the last two years than it has Mm -hmm. ever, and it used to be okay to say that you thought that election integrity was, was compromised. You look at Hillary Clinton. You look at uh, Stacey Abrams. You want to go back far enough to Bush, too, and the hanging chuds. It's something that everyone has said in the past. But in the last two years, you've watched people be raided. their You know, there's their pastors who have been uh, sent to jail for speaking about it. And, and of course, some of those guys were involved in the January 6th. Uh, They were there. So I'm going to leave that be. But you're you're watching Facebook. I don't know if you all heard about this. Facebook came out, and they said that they were going to levy a $2,500 fine to anyone who was um, spreading misinformation.
1: How does that work?
0: That wild. Yeah, that was everyone's question.
1: How oh, is that gonna work? <laughs>
0: that was everyone's question. So I wanna put that to y'all. From the chair of theology, what happens when we start to set up a, a secondary for lack of a better word, truth. What what do we end up seeing when we forsake truth and man is allowed to dictate it theologically?
1: Well, then you bring in confusion and chaos is what absolutely happens and when man sets up his own truth over god's truth it is the beginning of the downfall of the society
0: absolutely absolutely and what you end up seeing is is that man exalts himself over god
1: and let me i want to make sure i have something very clear here okay um if a non-believer who is a leader in a community and he sets up laws that are you know uh you're not going to steal, That's, you're not going to cheat, you're not going to lie. There's moral codes that he uh, applies to society to make society safe. That is one thing. What we're talking about is a knockdown of God's truth of morality to man's truth of immorality is what we're referring to here.
0: And there's a reason for that. It's, it's very calculated, and so for celebrating 100,000 downloads for the podcast, we're going to start to look at a three-part series after this. And so we're, we're, the title of this, if you read it, is, Is an Election Integrity Spiritual Warfare? Is it a spiritual battleground? And I, I'm going to suggest, submit that it is, and Some people are going to say, well, you're getting out of your skis, the spiritual is a spiritual, the secular is a secular, and I'm going to say no, because we've seen this all before. If you want to study up ahead, Jonathan Kahn's uh, um, whole new book and and thought of study, you go back and look, you look at all of the different pagan gods. We're seeing a new neo-paganism rise. It's a neo-paganism, and it's rising, and that is what they are pushing with election integrity, and that's where they're going with it. Moving over to the chair of culture, I want to get your thoughts here. Uh, the chair of culture, what happens when truth is now a subjective object, but it's not really subjective; it's just something that is. It's true if it's in the pan. It's true if it is believed so by the people who are in power. What ultimately happens to your society?
2: <coughs> well. Um, you end up with a kind of a really a nihilistic society in in terms, really, because you're going to have folks that are not going to listen to what's going on. They're not going to pay attention to the government because everything that those are in power are saying is a lie to them. They're not going to believe anything, so they're going to take things into their own hands they're going to do things their own way the way they want to do however they want and every man did
0: what was right in his
2: own sight exactly and that's the way they'll see it because they they know regardless of what's being told to them is a lie regardless of who's telling it to them because all they've ever been told are lies instead of Hearing the truth because it's being stamped out from them and being held back, which is God's word, which is always true. So
0: that's incredibly well put. I like the way that Andrew Clavin said it. He said it really well. He said, when you give the devil the power of the truth, you've set yourself up for failure as a society and as a culture. And what he meant by that is when you start to censor, without allowing truth to stand on its own, you are either a perpetrator of evil or an enabler of evil. You are one or the other. In that in that ecosystem, in that world, you are causing a problem. And, and, and I want to get to, it. I promise, we're going to get to some of the stories and some of the stats of the day in just a moment, but I just kind of want to open up with why this is such an important space, why election integrity is an issue of spiritual warfare. And so I want to move over to the chair of economics. And this is an interesting one for you because you're looking at not only the value of of money and the economy, but also the value of time and the value of human life. There's a, there's a whole spectrum that comes in when we start to talk about how we govern ourselves. Josh, just go ahead and elucidate for just a moment or elaborate for us on the uh, the economic side of this. What does the chair of economics have for us here?
3: Special interest money
0: is at play. <laughs> that's the that's,
3: that's about the overarching narrative I would I would have in this whole entire thing. And by the way, if I could just step into the chair of philosophy for a second, I'm glad to see that Facebook is acknowledging that relative truth is not a thing. <laughs> because by saying that there is misinformation, they are acknowledging to some degree that there isn't, there is no such thing as relative truth and that there is an absolute truth. But they would never say that. They would never point. admit that. But they, what are they yeah. doing by misinformation? If relative truth is really a thing... That you believe in, then surely misinformation's okay, or in, in people having different kinds of information should be okay because the facts don't even matter in the base case. So, I'm very interested why Facebook took that position. Money involved 100%. You said $2,500 fines. That's a, that's, a lucrative, that's a lucrative bag.
0: It was PayPal, by the way. It's
3: still. PayPal. Wow. That's a lucrative bag. Very lucrative bag. And if you can imagine that the amount of misinformation that they're probably finding on the website, probably a lot. But it ultimately comes back to what you said. The misinformation is probably something that doesn't comport with their idea of reality, which is unfortunate, because they are somehow able to dictate the reality that we live in. Correct. Doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me why we gave them that power, but we did give them that power, and so now we're living with the consequences of that power. And... Like I said at the beginning, the special interest money heavily in play. Lots of politicians sponsored by first of all, we need to get big I'm I'm gonna step into the chair of politics a little. We need to get the special interest money out of politics. Uh, I liked what was it Ron Paul? Ron Paul's big on that, I'm pretty sure. Yes, he is. Ron no, Paul's yeah. a. Ron Paul's very big. I I mean he you did you watch the the I know this is unrelated to election integrity, but this ultimately goes down to the fact of election integrity because there's a lot of people who have serious issues with the way that elections are currently being run and they're merely just being dismissed as some conspiracy theorist who have no basis and they're just being told they're false without actually being given a reason. At least that's what I see across the board. And so what spills down from all that special interest money is is a is a, la- a dismissal of the difference of opinion coming from the other side and i need them to really answer that question i mean like i said go look at the fauci press conference that, that that man got that man got hit with the with his own words from back in 04 and 05 talking about the vaccine having this opinion about it back in the day which by the way i'm a vaccinated individual but he said he said it listen to what he said back in 0405 and go listen to what he's saying now what changed oh he's being paid money and by the way He's not disclosing the royalties he's receiving from the government. And a lot of politicians, quite frankly, aren't disclosing that. And Facebook, quite frankly, isn't disclosing that information in full.
2: And nobody's so, what? Nobody's disclosing that information. Yeah,
3: nobody's disclosing that information. And so, what comes down to it for election integrity? Well, election integrity, become, keeping elections in the favor of our party becomes a very lucrative business because we're being ruled by the special interest money.
0: Absolutely. Sorry, and that was a
3: long-winded rant there, but...
0: No, no, no. No, so that's pretty good. It's multifaceted. And that's some really good data to bring in. Right now, actually, uh, uh, Mamacita Fiala just came in, and so I'll, I'll be switching over to a chair in just a moment, but I want to get to a couple of the stories just so that we, we get to a simple switch back and forth. Uh, again, just bear with us here. But I want to start off and open up with this one story from uh, uh, usnews.com, where you have in Colorado 30,000 non citizens getting voter registration mailers. And so these weren't cards, but these were mailers. And where they got them was from the DMV, where they were providing, there were 100,000 or so such uh, uh uh, names in the in the re- registry, and of course, these people were. Uh, some of them are here legally, but they're non residents. But then again, you look at the again back back, back to the graphic here. Thirty four percent of Colorado's non citizen residents are here illegally. And again, so you just think about that for a moment. You 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 can go and get a driver's license without a social. You can go and you can be one hundred and ten percent under the radar. Especially, you know, you hear stories about this all the time. There are people who get indicted for this. This is a real thing where you're able to live under the radar. Some of these people are indeed paying taxes, but uh, some of them are not. And, again, I don't know that that matters as much. What we're really worried about here is why do they want these people voting? Why, why do they want them voting? And and the answer is not benign. It, it's for power.
1: Well, they've already done They're not going to go down this road without doing some research. And, oh, yeah. it, and there, if their research showed that these people were going to vote for uh, the Republicans or the opposite party for them, then they're going to do everything they can to keep them—keep them out of voting. But if they've done the research and they feel like, oh, this is going to strengthen our side, then that's what they're going to—this is—I know it sounds good, she, and she's—I heard the voice of, you know, these people have a right to have a say in their children's education, and that sounds all good and, and wonderful, and, you know, we, we all like the soft, you know, cozy little feel of it all. but. That's if, if the votes we're, and the money were going to go against her, she's not going to be saying that.
0: We're going to get to that story. It's not, not the story yet. Josh has something he wants to say, though.
3: I wanted to elaborate for the audience the problem with what you said there, the driver's license without the Social Security number. Most people who help out with the elections and who run the elections are doing a faithful job and are doing a good job. But there's unfortunately some people out there who do not do their job correctly, and all that is really required to go and vote is a driver's license. But they have to scan the driver's license. Well, let's say the person at the at the table doesn't scan your driver's license, and they just see the driver's license, and they say, "Okay, you can go and vote." That person's that's the very rare case, and it's very few. But it still makes a difference at the end of the day because you you
0: don't need too many.
3: You don't need too many. Because did you see how close the election? Have you seen how close the elections have been the past couple years? They're pretty dang close. So, I mean, every vote counts.
2: A hundred, maybe less in some cases. Correct. I mean, uh, you know. Correct. So two hundred. I mean, that
0: is the biggest issue: is that it takes of these thirty thousand votes. How many votes did Arizona take to flip? Ten. How many did Wisconsin take to flip in twenty twenty? Twenty. How many did it take to flip Georgia? Fifteen. How many did it take to flip Pennsylvania? Seven hundred thousand. By the way, you had one point. Two or one point four million mail-in ballots come in when uh, only like seven hundred thousand percent out at what two j- o'clock just, in the morning? J- just saying, I'm just saying. You know, it's just something that it, it, it merits. It merits the mention. Okay, it merits the mention. Why would you look at it if they are going to do that? Why wouldn't you look at it? So one more thing to look at here in just a moment. I want us to go ahead and look at another story. Again, this is from a, uh, another article. Link in the description below. But there's a couple clippings that are really important out of here. And I want to just read these for y'all real quick. So here it says, uh, People... Always glom on to the idea that you have to earn our right to vote by becoming a citizen. Democratic state rep Hal Coulson, who sponsored the Winoski bill, said, I just don't uh, buy that. We're talking about a large chunk of the community that's closed off, talking about non-residents. You want to go just a little bit further the lady goes on in Chicago, there's a lady goes on to say, and that's who you were talking about a moment ago, Ms. Nikki. She goes on to say that we're looking at a fifth of the population of Chicago. By the way, does anyone know, link in the description, does anyone know what the estimated illegal immigrant population of Chicago is, Illinois? 415,000 at least, half a million. You want no. to talk about swaying boats And and why do they want to sway the votes? Why are they so pressed to do that? We we, we see what they're pushing right now. What do they want to do with those votes? How is this not a spiritual warfare issue when they are pushing that? I know each one of you are are, are lurching at the chalk. So from the chair of theology, I want to go ahead and get your thoughts, and then we're going to work our way around. Uh, Chair of theology— we're looking at a God-ordained institution, government, and we're looking at someone trying to take it over by lying, cheating, and stealing. Where does this lead? Is Satan stupid, or is there some sort of calculated motion here? Is oh, this a spiritual issue? This
1: has been in the works for for many, many years. I mean, this actually goes back— to the Garden of Eden, you know, when when, uh, Satan said to Eve, hath God really said? It's it's placing doubt. And then what you need to do is when you can place doubt, then you can change the way they're thinking and get them motivated to do what you want them to do. That's what's going on here. And there is a thought process. I mean, I think it's been very clear in the last few months that there's a lot of people that if we could do away with Republicans, we would do away with Republicans. Well, I, think, I think that's very clear. And the longer we can hang on to power, uh, that might be one way we can do away with them.
0: I want to go where this comes downstream to. Because why are they doing it? They want to get rid of the restraining influence that yes. we have in America. They want to take away our rights. And while doing so, they want to institute a different belief system, a different philosophy so where are they going to go it's to neo-paganism if you don't think that this is a spiritual battlefield it absolutely is it absolutely is and where it's coming from it, this neo-marxist theory really eventually devolves into paganism and that's what we're seeing in front of us with the LGBT agenda they're focused on a neo-paganistic outlook that's what they're up to when they can change our philosophy and they move over into the culture,
2: what happens next? Oh man! They start to culture. take our kids. Oh gosh, yes. You mean um, what happens is is they move into the schools? Not only do they try to end up, not only do they move into the schools, they try to move into the Christian schools. I mean, you start seeing some in of seminary. these things. Sure, I mean, look around at some of the stuff that's happening in in some of those so called Christian stuff that's happening. We've got some of this so called Orthodox and other things that are happening that are really kind of not following the Christian path. Well, if you really look at it, and it's it's following a. A heavy left-leaning kind of way there.
1: Can I reiterate uh-huh. what I said earlier?
2: Absolutely.
1: When, it, when, when Satan said, hath God really said, what you're seeing in the Christian realm is they're embracing things under the condition I have to show love. And so in showing love, I'm, I'm going to accept this, which let me just say this. I never would say be ugly to somebody that you disagree with. You know, Mm -hmm. I don't think Christians should be ugly. Um, But when you embrace, a church embraces, hey, uh, we're going to embrace the homosexual community, and they allow them to come in and start being part of the message and the service. And that's what they're doing, and they're saying, we're we're showing God's love to them. So it goes back to what I said, hath God really said. If you don't understand what the Word of God says, you can be easily persuaded.
2: Right. And we should not sacrifice God's word.
1: We should you, study and learn God's word.
2: <laughs> exactly. Which means once we know what God's word is, we're not going to sacrifice it for right. what it really is. Right. And and when you end up having a culture that's really willing to do that, oh my gosh, you know you're falling into the neo paganistic style because then you look back at when Israel was falling into the same situation when you know they were uh accepting some of these pagan gods because of of them falling away from God I mean you see that same kind of thing happening here in this country with you know, uh, abortion, uh, Molech, and the extreme amounts of, uh, of sexualization that's happening in this country. And, I mean, we can attribute that to another pagan god. I mean, that, it just Asterisk. goes uh, Right. And it's just, there, there's so many pagan gods with some of the things that are happening nowadays. It's just, you can really make some serious relationships there. So
0: I do want to go ahead and jump in for just a second and say that's why the integrity part is a spiritual warfare element. People want exactly. to keep separating it. People keep wanna, wanting to separate it. Don't separate it. Just understand that the truth of the matter is is that it is a spiritual issue as much as yes. it is a cultural. And moving on to the econo- chair of economics, I know that he's got some stuff he wants to say. Uh, Josh when you start to look at how they are putting their finger on the balance and they're tipping it, and it's not, it's not an issue of the color of the people, which is what they always say. It's like it's about the color of the people. It's about the gender of the people. It's about whatever the intersectionality, Marxist, uh, neo-Marxist ideology, push-button word that they want to use. It's not about that. It's about what they're trying to accomplish with that. How does that shake out in the economic realm?
3: I'm a man who's about applying the the same logic to everything. If we're going to use a standard for logic, we got to apply it everywhere. Why would we let people who are not from the state not vote in our state? Those people would be classified as non residents of the state of Texas. Those people people coming but being bused in from Louisiana, being bused in from all these other locations, and flooding the elections or flooding these events from outside the state. We would classify those people as non-residents and they wouldn't be allowed to vote in the state of Texas. Why would we not hold the same consistency for people who are not even U.S. citizens? Correct. There's nothing, there's yeah. nobody more non-resident than that. Now, mind you, they are resident of the United States at the current moment, but you you see what I'm saying. Their citizenship is not in the United States. And and ultimately we gotta understand something about election integrity. It's not a left or right issue it's an issue that can compromise both parties unfortunately we see one of the parties partaking in the interference of elections more recently not even alluding to the 2020 election just talking about it in general as we can see by this example that we looked at today pretty blatant example but there's just so much to gain here there's so much to gain and there's so much to lose and what do we have to lose well, funding. Funding for some of our...
1: Freedom. Funding, Freedoms. freedom.
3: Our economic freedom. Religious some, freedom. Religious freedom. I was thinking...
1: Freedom of speech. I was
3: thinking somewhere along the lines of... Mind you, we've all had this discussion about the... I think it was the H... Is it the... I don't want to misclassify it. The HO one, what's it called? What's the tax exempt status for the church? Five
0: hundred one C three. Five
3: hundred one C three. Yes, that's what I was looking for. The five hundred one C three statuses of the churches coming up for, for potential things because they said something that was, not to the people's liking. I don't know if you saw that recent example with Ed Young at Second Baptist Church of Houston, where they were having a discussion on if his five hundred one C three status should be revoked because of something he said political in his message at the Second Baptist Church of Houston sermon. So when people say there's, it's a, it doesn't really matter in the end. Well, it actually does. There There's financial losses for for churches, potentially. And also, there is big economic gain for the politicians that get this. I mean, b- book deals. Let's say you get into office and you're a pretty prominent politician. The odds that you get a book deal after you get out of office pretty high. I mean, you see Obama, you see Obama's book? It sold a lot of sold a lot of copies. Sold a, sold a lot. Did you see Trump's books? Sold a lot of copies. You see anybody politician that comes bushes? Oh my gosh, bushes book sold tons of copies. I mean, it's a lucrative thing, and that's and then we're talking about presidents here. I mean, you could go down to the local level; it's the same thing. It's the it's the benefits. It's the power. I think the power. What John Arthur said. is I think that strong.
1: that it, um, Josh, what you're referring to, and and people have brought this out in the past, is these. People go into Congress or they go in the Senate, and they're at one standard of pay when they go in uh, or class in society. But when they come out, they're they're really wealthy, and that's not the role of serving your country in politics is to come out very wealthy.
2: Well, I think some of these people see or they get addicted to this power, and it's like a drug. Sure. It's just like a drug, and you get so addicted to it to the point to where everybody's doing what you want, everybody's doing what you say, and you have all of this power to control and to do people and to tell them what to do and what not to do, and it's like a drug. A 100%. It's a drug. And no,
0: they do not care who falls in the way, and whether it's your children who are falling to gender ideology. And by the way, you look at the the modern gender ideology movement, they are absolutely profiteering. Of course, you're going to find the majority of studies say that after two weeks, the gender mutilation surgery or, or affirming care, whatever they want to call it, when you have a double mastectomy on a perfectly healthy, 14-year-old girl, which, by the way, overwhelming amount of them are detransitioning right. overnight. Of course, they're going to say this is great because they're making money. I'm and, of course, say. the kids are going to say in the study, by the way, because it's a positive study, they have no reason to lie. In fact, or excuse me, they have no reason to say to go back. They have every reason to lie if they do feel bad because what happens? What are They They just made a new family, a new bunch of friends, the, the LGBT community. And what's going to happen the second they say, "Wait a minute, I regret what just happened. I will never be a mom. I will never be able to suck, you know, for my for my children. I will never be able to do that." And what about the boys? And and we, mm-hmm. we've talked about we've talked about this before. We talked about uh, one or two people in you know, we, we, you go back to our, our, our discussion on, on gender dysphoria. You've got people who do not have functioning bathroom parts. Right, And it smells like urine in their crotch right. all day long. I'm not saying it to be graphic, but I'm saying that you got to understand when they chop up your male bits as a male and they try to make it a female, it does not work. The end result is horrific and you are stuck for the rest of your life with urinary drip, mm-hmm. with a wound that does not, it keeps trying to close. So you have to clamp it open. Guys, they don't tell kids this. No. They don't tell kids this. They if don't, they told kids this, I don't think a lot of kids would go through with it.
2: They don't tell but, you the lifelong problems that you're going to have because of this type of thing. They don't tell you the physical problems you're going to end up with. They don't tell you the mental problems you're going to have with, with all of this. They don't tell you the psychological problems that you're going to end up having and all of the everything else that goes along with it, who all want to name anything else, but they don't tell you all of these things. It's just like anybody else. They're like, show me the money. Miss you, you, you Nikki,
0: want, you want to say something?
1: Well, you're just talking about the transgenderism and, and what they're not telling you is those who are detransit transitioning. And uh, the rate and the numbers for that. You don't, know, how, it's very hard to find information. But there is a very large community out there of people who have gone through transition and have detransitioned. And um, they are out there for those who who feel like they would like to trans- detransition back.
0: And that's something that Exodus and a few other ministries can help you with. And there's a whole group of people out there who have come through that. But this is why elections are important. This is why elections are so critical. You have to remember that the fact of the matter is these people do not care. From the economics chair, he was talking about how they do not care because they are going to get money. They're going to ride the wave. And by the way, that's why you have institutionalized Republicans who are riding the wave. They're riding the mammon. And you got people like, I'm just going to pick out Mitch McConnell here, who is sleeping with a former, a former member of the Chinese Communist Party. Every night is his wife. He's married to someone. Sorry, it's like the CIA. You never leave the CIA when you're part of the party in, in, in communist China. And then you marry an American senator. That is not a coincidence. So you got to understand that elections have consequences and they're real. We are called to be a restraining restorative force in this world. That is why it is a it is an issue of spiritual warfare because you are fighting the gods of old in different names whether it be Baal, Ashtoreth or Molech or Chemosh, whatever you want to call these people, you're fighting the same type of God, the same type of spirit, the Jezebel spirit in in Ashtoreth. We're going to talk about that in the next three episodes. We're going to break those down and look at them so that you can tell someone, we, we want you to come away from this program, being able to talk to people on the street, Christian or not, about your faith. And hopefully you can have a good defense prepared. I know Josh wants to say something.
3: No, I just wanted to say thank you for bringing up the micro level. I've been approaching it from the macro perspective, but if you go even to the the micro perspective of the whole entire thing, the drip down effect, we've been talking about it a lot. All of this boils down and trickles down from the spiritual. All of it. So what happens at the micro level when in te- when elections are compromised and they're not run fairly? Well, as we talked about, the politicians that benefit directly from this at the macro level make money, a lot of money. They become Some of them become lifelong politicians. And for some reason, the way we run it in America right now, a politician is a job, and it's not a servant of the person. So guess what? It's pretty lucrative. But take it to the micro level. You said it. It infiltrates from the spiritual. They, they, they attack the spiritual. They, they attack the sanctity of life the innocence of of children the the need for repentance the need for change the indulgence of uh, of a of a sinful lifestyle these are the things that they 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 sponsor with their with their actions and with their policies and that makes money for the abortion clinics that makes money for the the companies that sell these products that makes money for the 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 Though you name it, et cetera. It, it doesn't even matter what it, who it is that's making money. Somebody's making money, even if it's not it's, the it's, politician. The, because the politicians are going to make the money, and then at the macro level, they're going to make money. So I liked, I love the fact that you brought that out, John Arthur. It's a drip-down effect.
0: And it comes down to this. It comes down to sex, money, or power. <clears throat> it's always sex, money, or power is what is what influences people. And whether it's the power via knowledge or the power via brute force, It can be your sexual aspirations or it can be your your just your pleasure and of course self-advancement, honey, whatever that is. And that's what they're always that's what we all seek at a root level when we are left to run amok. That's what that's what we look like without Christ. And what you see right now is there is an attempt to put the balance on the scales. And you're seeing it like never before. Whether or not you like the orange man, okay? President Donald Trump is unprecedented the way that he has been absolutely violated by the current administration. You don't think mm-hmm. they're going to make it worse. You don't think they're going to make it worse? I mean, we're talking about the president whose, whose protesters were invited into the Capitol, they, and they didn't smash hardly a thing. And that was an insurrection. Okay. They go to Mar-a-Lago without being able to display prob- actual good probable cause, and now afterwards you're looking at it, and, and this is the most bogus garbage. They sees much more than what was needed in the warrant. They're looking through, and by the way, guess what? The guy's clean. <laughs> That's the funny thing. The guy's actually clean. Thank God that he was clean. But you're seeing this with this one candidate. Do you think... We are not going to see much worse when you have another conservative candidate, whether it be Trump in 24 or whether it be uh, uh, DeSantis or anyone else. Do you not think that they're going to make it worse? And the reason is not just political. Josh is going to it. It is spiritual because they want to create one world government. They want to create that. And guess what? It's going to come. It is going to come. But Jesus Christ said something interesting. He said, Woe to those through whom it comes. Some of these things must come to pass, but woe to him through. Speaking about Judas. But we can really take that away, I believe, in our modern day. We start to realize that you have the ability to take down the high places. Do, do you know what the high places were? Do you know what Olek, you see, and the Bible mm-hmm. says, and then. He made his son mm-hmm. to pass through the fire. The, the son didn't come back from that. That was a post birth abortion. The high places. Do you, it says temple prostitutes. Do you understand that that was homosexuality on display on the hills? It was orgies. It was, a, it was an act of, of utter grotesque sin. What did God say? About the people who did not take down those high places, what did he say about the rulers, Mrs. Pomeroy? What what what, what was God's take on those on those men?
1: Well, because they didn't take down the high places, then sin still abounded. I mean, they were on the outskirts, and which was better, but it still had a way to we uh, wedge into the people to get a hold of the people because the high places were still there.
0: Correct, and. What you see is a lack of ability to root it out, to excise it from the culture. Right. And that, and that is what, 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 it kept falling, the, it kept felling children of Israel like a tree is what them falling, felling. Right. It kept chopping the children of Israel down spiritually like a tree. When we allow this stuff. When we allow the high places, when we allow the altars to chamosh, when we allow man's enlightenment over the enlightenment that's been given to us by God to rule and to be and to be heralded, uh, Mister Steve, what what ultimately happens to that culture and society throughout history? What happens every time? It degrades.
2: It falls. See cultures fall see them degrade, you see them fall away from God. I mean, how many times did Israel fall away from God when and when they ended up going and worshipping the high places and how many times did they fall into slavery, get run over by so many people? so many different uh, countries, because why? Because they were constantly falling away from God and worshiping the gods in the high places. I mean, that's exactly what happens, and that's exactly what's kind of happening here. I mean, you look at the sexual immoralities that are going on here, Astra. the same God that's being worshiped with all the pornography, and sexual immorality that's going on with the children and the I'm um, just all of that the drag queen stuff that's going on in schools and I mean we could go on and on with two it's arm no loads different. of stuff I mean same thing and then the abortion issues molech with him with them offering their children up to him to burn in his arms, um, and that's just horrible. It's the same thing. I mean, you're offering your your child up for death. Same kind of thing. I mean, you know, you got people from the time you know you're pregnant till the time you're ready to have your child. I mean...
0: Absolutely. I
2: mean, it, you know, I can't even think of stuff like that. It just horrifies me. Miss Nikki wants to say something.
1: I did. I did want to say, you know, when you're talking about the high places that were not being taken down, and, and we're sitting here and, you know, we're trying to be a voice for the voiceless with abortion and stuff. You know, John Arthur, I'm, I'm thinking right now, wasn't there an outcry among the people? Or were, were they complacent about the high places? I mean, it was the king's place. If a righteous king rose up and he did not take down the high places, weren't the people crying out? Where were their voice? Were they not saying, hey, this is this is a sin against our God? Where where were their voices?
0: And why do we as Christians so often say that it's an issue of separation of church and state? Wait, wait, wait. Who give me a chapter and a verse for that? If you read the Danbury letters, you literally have Thomas Jefferson saying no, 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 no. The state is supposed to stay out of the church's business so the business can help keep the nation from corrupting. That was the purpose. That was the purpose of the separation of church and state. Read the Danbury letters and, and, and go and and research that because frankly, <laughs> that has nothing to do with the divorce of God from the nation. In fact, just the opposite. You're looking exactly. at, at a nation that is under God, and you're looking at a nation that will not enforce a re- direct religious sect right. onto a group. And that's when, that we, is, when we say that, that America is a theocracy, a soft theocracy. Some people say, well, a theocracy is led by the clergy. Well, again, America was different, special, in a very, very unique way. He left it... As God does in the hands of the people. But we said it'll only work. This will only work long term if you hold to a faith in Christ. As long as you're holding to the faith in Christ, this democracy will work as long as the leaders are following that. And who are the leaders of this nation? Us. So who do you think that God is not going to hold you and I accountable for not taking down the high places? Where are the people is the right question, Ms. Nikki. That's correct. Where are the people?
1: And, and, and remember, if, if you're one of those Christians that say, we just need to love everybody and show kindness what and stuff. What does mean? Well, that means I can be complacent.
0: <laughs> Thank you.
1: That's, that's really what that means. Uh, I can lo- if I truly love somebody, I am going to share with you God's righteousness because it will give you more rewards in life than what this world can offer you.
0: Amen. A hundred percent, hundred percent. And that's the thing that that I I don't understand. How does someone think it's loving to allow a child whom you will not allow them to pick their meal plan and rightfully so, because they will just get cocoa puffs and cereal all day long. (laughs) Sorry, there's two people in here in the room. I'm teasing. Uh, Anyway, They'll just eat Cocoa Puffs cereal all day long, and they won't do anything. Uh, uh, Why will you allow that child at 5, 10, 12 years old to change their gender? And in some cases, get gender-affirming care, i.e. castrating chemicals. This is what's on the line with the election. This is what is on the line. And, and, I, and I know that Josh has no shortage of thoughts on this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tee up for him in just a moment. And I want you to be thinking about this. But you're, you're looking at the resurgence of, of, of these gods, and it is no different. It is no different than yesteryear. It's just rebranding. Satan, and, and, and you know, maybe fill feel the chair of economics here, maybe fill feel a bit of philosophy, because I'm sitting over here back in the producer's seat again. Uh, but... Because uh, there's something going haywire over here. Sorry about that, guys. You're just looking at the same gods resurging, the same desires of man that are being fulfilled. What's at stake when it comes to our 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 testimony before man and before God? As Christians, can we sit by idly on this? Is that, is that an option for, for a God-believing, God-fearing Christian to not vote, or maybe even just vote, but not get involved in the process on some level?
3: I think I believe it's really important that you get involved in the process. I, I believe I've spoken about it before. I was one of those people who believed that as well, who— who held to a really weird view on politics. And while I still hold to some of the ideas behind my beliefs on that, I still think that it's really important that we get involved and that we do vote at the bare minimum vote. But it, please do get involved if you if you have the opportunity to. It's such a blessing because you get to be one of those people who gets to uphold the integrity of the election. And what are we doing? Are we going to let other people do the things that we should be doing. I think that's a, it goes back to the complacency thought. We think that somebody else is going to do it. So therefore we don't do it. That's why we've taken freedom for granted because we say, well, we're not going to fight the war. Somebody else is going to fight the war. Isn't that the truth? That's the, that's what it comes down to at at the end of the day. Is that we think somebody else is going to do it? Now, another thing I haven't mentioned with the economics of this election integrity thing is. Competition. I believe one of the greatest things for the economy is competition. Now, unfortunately, competition isn't working right now with the current economy because people are. I, I'm, I'm going gonna... to. I'm sorry if I use a really harsh word here, but I, I'm a part of the problem too. So we're all a part of the problem in some way. Is that. We keep buying the goods of people, even though they're increasing the prices, and we haven't said to people that, hey, we're going to stop buying the goods if you guys keep increasing the prices. I mean, if we keep buying a water burger every single time it goes up 30 cents, <laughs> what what's their incentive to stop from continuing to upcharging the Whataburger? I mean, really, though. So competition is an important factor, and it's important that we really enforce the idea of competition, and we realize the power that we have as consumers. But what election integrity does is it stomps out the competition altogether. You don't even get the opportunity to compete. It's just a system that gives one specific party the power, or it gives the the
0: the beholder the power you're saying when election integrity is compromised yeah when
3: election integrity is, is compromised it it spits in the face of competition because it took the competition out of the game i mean when you look at russia yes what, what happens in russia i mean they don't even have a competition uh, that's just like i mean did i mean it was a, it was laughable yes. did, did you see that election result i mean it was laughable yes they and they tried to say it was it was it was
2: fair it was competitive. Freest and fairest
0: election of all time. Oh, wait, where have I heard that before? Freest, <laughs> sorry. Freest and fairest election
2: <laughs> then, all then of you that. end up but with a so you know called. socialist and, or communist culture. And, and, so, or, yep. you know.
3: and so and, and that's that spits in the face of a good economic. I mean, Karl Marx, he he was an economist. He was he had his own economic theories. He didn't like the idea of competition, quite frankly. Unc- and, and, and guess how it worked out for him. Oh, let's look at the cultures that embraced it. Oh, mm,
2: so yeah. well,
0: I think um, I, I, th- I think we should talk about his mom for a moment. If Karl Marx only spent time creating capital as opposed to whining and writing about it. Right. Maybe he'd be a bit better. Also, if he took a bath a, that, that, that that's not ad hominem. A that's bit, an actual a thing. Little more He did not. Anything. He did not actually take care of himself. He did not groom. He was your tip. Imagine the guy that runs 5 discord and 5 reddit you know uh <laughs> groups and is in his basement and only comes out and sees the light of day every 3 days that's what he would be today i mean that that is who more Karl like, marx like every
2: 6 7 days so
0: uh, that, that that's who Karl well marx is in 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 a in a real sense of the word so i just want to go around the room real quick just kind of wrapping up uh miss nikki Theologically, how can we go about, when people say, I don't want to get involved, and we're going to talk about how you can get involved, or you can do a call to action at, at, at the end, because you can go to True the boat or any of these other places, but theologically, how do we approach a fellow brother or sister in Christ who says that this is not an issue that, that we should get involved in, uh, we should just focus on theology, we should just, isn't Jesus enough for you, those sorts of comments, how do you respond to them from the Bible?
1: And that is a, a real issue um, in the Christian uh, world today. It's a matter of fact, if 100% of all the Christians did go out and vote, uh, would, would not have a lot of these issues. So a Christian is not a, um, is a working Christian, I, I should say. I guess what I'm trying to get at is if you don't fight for your faith and fight for your family, you will lose them. Lose your faith and you're going to lose your family. Because if you think voting is not important, the government's going to come in and tell you what they're going to teach your children. And you don't have a voice anymore. So use your voice now before you lose it.
0: Absolutely. And that's something that we're going to get to in the next three episodes. We're going to talk about how the issue of LGBT CRT, that is the school choice, School choice is the number one leading issue. I don't have the stats in front of me, but an overwhelming majority of Republicans and Independents, and forty something percent of Democrats consider school choice the leading issue of the twenty
2: twenty two terms. Wow, I didn't and, realize that many Democrats and did.
0: That is one of the most serious and important parts. Interesting. So. I want to get you wrapping up, Mr. Steve, when they start to talk about how, just in summation today, Mm -hmm. when a fellow brother or sister is talking about the lack of need to be involved in local politics, the lack of need to be involved in elections, culturally, what is the cultural response to that? Because what does politics enforce?
2: Culture. Well, my response typically is is when they start complaining about it and they're not been in, they haven't been involved in it or didn't vote in it is, is I usually tell them to shut up. I don't want to hear what you got to say because <laughs> no. if if you don't want to be involved, if you don't want to get out and vote, or you don't want to be involved like the way uh, Josh was talking about, I mean. I don't want to hear what you got to say about it because really, you're not thinking that it's important enough to spend your time to go and voice your opinion on dealing with this government and being involved with this government and spending your time dealing and dealing with the issues that involved that are involved with this country that face every person in this country me you everyone in this room their children their parents their grandparents their relatives everyone in this room so everyone
0: if you if you end up seceding the culture it will be enforced upon you by politics if you do not start to focus on politics but more importantly your theology philosophy and culture you will have a different theology philosophy and culture enforced on you by politics and that's where it really comes down to after you're done hitting all of those you hit rock bottom at economics and that's where most people start to wake up most people start to wake up at the chair of economics and so i just want to move to that chair real quick just in, in wrapping up here and I'll, I'll do a quick brief call to action. and We'll wrap here, Josh. But I, I just want to get you and your, your take on when folks say, look, I'm too busy. I have a lot going on. Someone else will take care of the, the elections. I don't need to be involved in them. And I, may, maybe I don't need to vote. By the way, 70% in, in our county, 70% of the elections are run by the Democratic Party. You have 70% of poll workers being run by, or polls being staffed by Democrats. Mm. You want to be concerned about election integrity when you have a lack of representation by one party. When people say that it's not valuable enough for my time, how how do you respond to that, Josh?
3: As somebody who used to hold uh, some of these views about... Politics not being associated with, and it being counter to the gospel message.
0: <clears throat>
3: I think what I've realized is that, I think there's some genuine concern there from the church people. They don't want to place it as an idol above God, and I think that's a Amen. genuine concern, and we should be on guard there. But I would say that there's a lot of misplaced concern somewhere, in, in other places. My friends, how do we respond to the abortion issue? We, no, nobody in this room would say that we agree with abortion. We would all say it's the most horrific thing on earth. A lot of the people who vote that come from the church would say it's one of the most horrific things on earth. They would. So why would you say that we shouldn't be politically involved? That's a contradicting statement. That's like saying, I'm going to pray, but I'm going to take no action. That's, that's, the, that's the equal. I'm not saying that we don't have faith, I'm saying what greater faith is there than act, moving in that direction? Amen. Because we're trying to get closer to the will of God. And the will of God is in the Word. And so when we're praying, we're praying to become more like the Word of God and align ourselves more with the Word. So we're supposed to be taking actions towards that. So, politics. You say abortion's a bad thing. But then you say we shouldn't get politically involved. How can you rectify those two issues? That's, Ill- that's illogical, and that is an inconsistent worldview, my friend. And that's something that I held for a long time, so I can say that. Now, let's talk about the economics. Did you like the fact that you're paying more money for gas? I, I, that's a rhetorical question. You most certainly did not like the fact that you're paying more money for gas. Do you like the fact that your water burger costs two more dollars today than it did probably four years ago? Come on, man. You probably don't like that. Did you like it altogether that your, your, yeah, especially the (laughs) water, especially the water, but did you like that? The fact that all your goods cost more money and that your pay hasn't gone up in relation to that. And so you're. You're automatically losing more money every single cycle of inflation. Did you like it? That's all I have to ask you. If you, if didn't, you didn't like it, what are you going to do about it? Are you going to keep buying the same things? Or are you going to are you going to vote people who are going to try to make it cheaper?
0: And how about maintaining that vote so that those have the opportunity so that there actually is an open door? So well, the uh, I, I want to want to go ahead and uh, okay Mr. Steve let the, me grab you here real quick
2: the last guy that I voted for locally uh he was running on his his main thing was to make bacon cheeseburgers more affordable to everybody especially ones with double bacon <laughs> so So, yeah, and and I voted for him because of like bacon. bacon. (laughs) I like like bacon. Double bacon. (laughs) Bacon makes everything taste better.
0: I think that's a bipartisan uh, agreement there. Uh, The the Jews and the uh, Muslims will have to uh, pass, but I'm sorry, guys. Uh, Turkey bacon for you. Tricky bacon for you. So that'll be good. What I was going to say was (laughs) you have resources, links in the description below, True the Vote. If you want to be a part, we're talking about 30,000 votes or non-citizens being sent registration flyers. You want to be part of cleaning up your local state's registrations. That is something that you can do with the True the Vote crowd, okay? They actually have a way that you can be a part of auditing the old roles and it's not about disenfranchisement again it's about how these people are using these names when you have three thousand people all booked out of one p.o box okay they're all living in living in a p.o box or they're living on a vacant lot and there's nothing there that's the issue and Who are these dead people who are voting out of the grave? They're not voting Republican, by and large. There are cases of Republican malfeasance. It happens. But it tends not to be conservative Christians style. And you see the majority of Republicans fancy themselves as a conservative Christian. Whether or not they are or not is another thing. Okay, we we can debate that. But they fancy themselves a a conservative Christian. It's not the style. One side— does an overwhelming amount of the fraud. So you can be part of cleaning up your voter rolls. The other thing that you can consider doing is volunteering, which, by the way, now it's a paid position in a lot of counties, thanks to the Democrat push on that. Uh, mm. In a lot of counties, it's now a paying opposition to come in and work the poll. Just being a conservative clerk, my family and I, I'm uh, in Pops Fiala. We went to the Fifth Ward in Houston, if you know what that is know that we were the only white people in that building and they had never seen a Republican people who've been running the Republican polls for decades were Democrats. Okay. (coughs) When I worked down in Sunnyside, if you know what Sunnyside is, and if you're in Houston, you know that that happens to be, well, let's just say this. My life was threatened because, you know, these old boys, they don't like it when you change the way they do things, you see, and you've got to be ready for that. Okay, got to be ready for that. Guess what? When you're there, when you're present, be part of the integrity system. You got to be vigilant. Talk to your local party uh, 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 reps. There's usually someone in your in your in your town. In Houston, it's Alan Vera. There are people like him, Alan Vera all over the United States. There are people who will help you get into either a clerk a judge, an alternate judge, or a poll watcher position. Before you go off on me, I had one guy explode on me, calling me racist and thought I was putting, putting guns at black people's faces. It's like, no, it's not what a poll watcher is. You sit quietly in the back and you court report, just typing. Every election is a court. And just typing in the back or writing out in the back, filling out everything that happened during the day. Fill it all out. You're part of the accountability structure. You're just making sure that the judges and the clerks are following the law. That's all you do. You're not even allowed to talk to voters. There are ways that you can get involved. Get plugged in with your local party. And by the way, if you don't like the party plank, you don't like the values that are being represented by the Republican Party, at the end of every election, there's usually a district meeting. That's where you form the plank say, I want this, I want, you know, pro-life, I want no CRT in schools, I want a better bridge over here, put all that stuff in, it goes to state, Then you can go part, be part of the state convention. You might say it's not worth your time. Well, okay, then, if, if you can send your boy or your girl across the world to fight in Afghanistan or some godforsaken place... 20 years, can you not spend a day or two working the polls? Can you not take some PTO or even non-PTO? That, that's me. I work contract. My time at the polls is non-pay time off. Okay? Can you not do that? Just think about it. And remember why we do it. It's not for the politics. It's not for the Republican Party. The Republican Party is not your friend, your church. Jesus Christ is, and Jesus Christ is the one Amen. who's standing there. Do not substitute Christ for the party. It's not what we're saying. We're saying you need to go ahead, get out, vote for godly candidates, and if you can't vote for a godly candidate, keep the least godly candidate from getting in by denying them, by denying them a position. And then get out and work harder next time. Get out and work harder. You don't like Donald Trump? Fine. Work harder in the primaries. Put someone together. Guys, You are the rulers of this land. God is not going to hold you harmless for all of the guilt and all the shame that is heaped upon the U.S. by the sinful high places that are still erected. Kind of a dark note to end on, but uh, if you like this podcast, I'm surprised, but go ahead and hit that like button, comment, share, subscribe, all that good stuff. If you didn't like it, smash that uh, dislike button, some multiple of two. Uh, tell us down in the comment section below yes. what you think you might do for election integrity. And uh, with that, thank you so much. Bye-bye. Thank you.
2: Nice. Hit that subscribe button.
0: All right. All right. All right. Oh. So am going to go one last time around the room here. Oh. What are you going to do this year for election integrity? I'm putting you on the spot here. Oh, my what goodness. are you going to do, whether it's turning people out to the polls, whether it be, being more active in the church and getting people out there or actually going out to work as a clerk or a poll watcher?
1: Well, I won't be going out to work as a, a poll watcher. Uh, I will be voting. And, and those people you with a whole job. And I've always encouraged off. everyone I know to go out and vote. I raise my kids. need to vote. You know. But most of the people that I know are voters. I don't know a lot that, that don't vote.
0: Part of it is making sure that we have a, a an informed population. That's part of it.
2: And that's, and that's something that we absolutely need to do. Mr. Steve, what are you going to do? Um, I'll be voting for sure. Um, don't know if I'll be a poll watcher or not, but I've got... You and me can go be buddies. Do what? You and me can go be buddies. Oh, okay. Um, I've got a uh, couple of my granddaughters that have turned 18 to sign up. Get their voters' registration so that they'll be able to vote this year. So they'll get to vote for the first time this year. Yay. Very good. And they're going to vote.
1: That was a big deal for my kids to vote for the first time. It really was. It It was was, a big deal.
2: It was for me, too. I remember going and signing up, man. That was. It's a good thing. that was for me.
0: And it matters. By the way,
2: I have seen
3: votes
0: turn for local, state, reps for the state houses turned by 70 to 300 votes. One time we had crossed the line. I watched them turn over for the county 70 to 300 votes uh, for three different reps. And I happen to know that 200 of those votes that were cast Democrat were illegally counted and processed, but we couldn't stop them because the poll watcher, started sound of the alarm they got 200 in and the way that old system worked once the votes were in there was no way to get them out that's changed in houston now we have a bomb proof system as long as adults are doing the counting but that's a different issue josh what, what are you gonna be doing this year
3: i'm gonna do i'm gonna be a clerk again
0: very good This man has been working multiple elections. I'm very proud of him. He's doing a good job. Yours truly will probably be a poll watcher. I'll probably be in one of the worst parts of town, but that's okay. Uh, or clerk, whatever they send me as, uh, you know, I, I do whatever they want me to. And, uh, and I, and I don't get paid the way I do it, but that's, that's fine. Just think about it. Think about it. It's a really good thing. Tell us in the comment section what you're going to do this year for election integrity. And, uh, With that, thank you so much.
2: Bye. Bye.